0: Welcome to What's the Hook with Diane and Andy. We're coming to you uh, from the Zoom room. It is a uh, relentlessly rainy day here in Los Angeles, right? Right, Andy, and you're in like a little kind of boxy place, so you must really be hearing the rain.
1: I am, and I want a refund on this <clears throat> weather. I mean, it's just, it's, it's been
0: cold. <laughs> Not what you signed up for. Not
1: what I signed up for. It's been cold and wet, and just each time I look at the weather app, it says it's going to be another week of you know lows right. in the forties, which sounds pretty uh, like mild for a lot of the country. So I'm sure we'll get not that much sympathy, but yeah, Let's keep
0: it. I was talking to one of my relatives warm. in Chicago, and she goes, um, "Diane, forties not that cold." I go, "I know, but for Los Angeles, it's cold." Yeah, so yeah. anyway. We'll jump right in. We'll start with a little bit of news. A show I really love called Southside was canceled by HBO Max after three seasons. The good news is that they are shopping it to try to get the show going somewhere else. And I really hope someone picks it up because it's a very funny show. Yes, I'm biased because it's a it's based in Chicago. Um, but it is just very, very, it's a very funny show. So I'm rooting for it to get picked up somewhere else. Also on the pickup beat, this is not unusual news, but CBS picked up a ton of their shows. Um, And this is one of the things CBS is really known for, stability. So if you're a fan of a CBS show, you know, you're rewarded as a fan. Um, So they picked up more new shows. They picked up Fire Country, Young Sheldon. Ghost, which is such a big, huge hit for them, The Neighborhood, Bob Hart's Abishola, So Help Me Todd is getting a second season, The Equalizer, and all three of the FBI shows. um, And of course, more of their unscripted shows like 60 Minutes, uh, Survivor, The Amazing Race, Tough as Nails, Lingo. So CBS fans, I hope you're happy. There's a lot of good stuff going on for you. Um, Anyway, Andy, Let's talk a little bit about what we've been watching. I've been dying to get your take on ABC's new drama, the comedy. Uh, excuse me, the company you keep.
1: Yeah. This is the one all-
0: starring Milo Ventimiglia and Catherine Hana Kim. Your thoughts?
1: I, I, I like it. I like it. I'm I'm just feeling like it's a little too slick for its own good. Like I, I think if I spend some more time with them and watch some more episodes, it might start to like uh fill out some of the storylines but it's it's just it's a lot of exposition at the very beginning you know as all of,
0: pirates are.
1: yeah well yeah but like some you know this this was felt like too much to me like it felt like uh there's a lot of double cross and hidden identities and, and it all kind of um has to come to the surface and so probably i'll like it more once i've seen more of it but like versus uh, another kind of network show like Will Trent, which I thought was really character, a little bit more character driven. Um, I, I kind of this, this I had a harder time with because I felt like it was very plot focused.
0: I see. Okay, I felt like it established the two leads really well.
1: They're lovable. They're I mean lo- they're they're not lovable. Well, they have
0: amazing the chemistry. Yes. They have amazing it, chemistry, have which amazing is what the show, that's the show's fuel. Yeah. So I, uh, cheers. And Milo Ventimiglia is also an executive producer on the show. And I will say he's been doing, you know, his darndest, you know, as he does all of the press stops for the show because he's really selling it. And he's really just leaning into, I think his own natural charm, which is exactly what he should be doing. So Kudos to him. Um new episodes of the company you keep air on ABC on Sunday nights, and then you can watch them on Hulu. So right now, only the first episode is up on Hulu. Um, and cheers to ABC too, because they have been also rerunning the pilot episode, I think a couple of times since it aired last Sunday, which is always a smart idea, you know, try to hook some new viewers in. Um Andy, one of my favorite comedies back today. Party Down is is returning for another short run on Stars. Um Andy, did you watch the first two seasons of Party Down?
1: Uh so Dan, I got to give you this is one that I got to give you a lot of credit for. I thought I had watched Party Down. It's one that I'd like, you know, dipped my toe into back when it aired and I think it started in 2009 and I felt like I had seen some of it and then when I really Started. I started, you know, with the screeners for the new season. Uh, I don't really remember this that much. So anyway, I've now kind of done a dual track of watching the original. I'm I'm probably through like the first two seasons of the original and watching some of the new season. And I am having a blast watching this show.
0: The first two seasons are on Hulu. And I, of course, strongly recommend them. I just... This is literally like the all-star team, an all-star team of comedy players. You know, Adam Scott, Ken Marino, uh, Jane Lynch, Megan Mullally. Uh, There's just so many, so many players. The uh, Lizzie Kaplan did not come back for the new episodes, but Zoe Chow is in the new episodes. Fantastic. And again, there are great guest stars in the first two seasons and in the new episodes. Keep an eye out for Jennifer Garner, for James Marsden. And Andy, I don't know if you've watched this episode yet, but Nick Offerman is in an episode that literally it just made me howl. It was so funny.
1: I'm not there yet, but in the second season, I, I just got up to where his wife, Megan Mullally, enters. And she's oh, okay. such a funny character. And I also love the way they've had Jane Lynch return now in a very different situation and uh yeah so it's you know the the whole thing of with the show is that these were all struggling actors yes. doing cater waiter jobs you know and kind of like just struggling through the LA scene and and some having success and some not so much and and so it's really fun to watch their fortunes and how they've changed over the years and you know some of some are doing well and some are not
0: i feel like party down always captured the weirdness and sadness of Hollywood in a very particular way, and it also reminded us of just how insanely funny Ryan Hansen is, because he just looks like a a little beach blonde surfer boy, and he's he's a fantastic he's a very funny actor. The guy he's so capable he's so good. So it's great to see him back in pretty much the same kind of the same place. Uh, Adam Scott you know can do no wrong, and to watch him you know to think about him doing something like severance and then see him again in his party down role of Henry. It's just, you really root for Henry. So yeah, these are just great episodes. Um, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone because like an th-
1: amazing cast. I mean, talk yeah. about like just comedy all stars and, and, and to see so many of these like amazing people who now are in so many other great shows all together in yes. one. And I'm guessing they're not doing it for the millions of trillions of dollars they're making on this show because it's not like a particularly like. I don't think that's the I'm, case. I, it's more I think it's more like a labor of love. You totally. know, it, it's a scrappy show. It's um, it's a good time.
0: And just a special shout out. Uh, I, I got to do a special shout out to Ken Marino. Who I
1: love Ken Marino.
0: Who doesn't love Ken Marino because where he's very he I haven't
1: seen enough of him. I, oh, I am yeah. not.
0: To, oh, yeah. You watch the other two and he's incredibly funny on the other Oh,
1: my two. God. He's amazing in the other two, which is coming and, back. When is that coming back? We need that to come no back. No date,
0: no date yet, but no it is. They yet. did rap okay. shooting on a new season. So, but there's no date yet. Have not seen a premiere date. Okay. But Ken Marino, no matter where he shows up, is incredibly funny and talk about a guy who just literally knows how to be present in the moment and make the most of it. That is Ken Marino you know, to a T. And the great thing is that, of course, they write so well to him for Party Down. But I got to tell you, he is just so capable and so funny and so good. So there are lots of reasons to watch Party Down. But I, I just I didn't want to let it go by without shouting out Ken Marino, because I think he's Absolutely fantastic.
1: I am right I there with you. To- I yeah, I endorse That's- that endorsement. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> you second, you second that endorsement.
1: I, yeah, whatever it is.
0: I also wanted to remind uh everyone out there that the reluctant traveler with Eugene Levy uh dropped today on Apple TV Plus, and it's all eight episodes are now available. And it's basically Eugene Levy, who doesn't like to travel, <laughs> going to many places across the globe, like Lisbon, Tokyo, the Maldives, um, closer to home, Utah, Venice. So anyway, all eight episodes drop today. And I don't know, I just love him. So watching him just sort of quietly navigate new people, new situations, which he admits he is profoundly uncomfortable with. There's really something lovely about it. Um... So, Andy, remember when we were talking about The Consultant last week, the new Prime Video show? I sure do. I was perusing some reviews, and I think a lot of them agreed when they said, well, Christoph Waltz is really the reason to watch the show. So, I don't know. I'm not sure all of the episodes are available to watch. That's another eight-episode show. So, I might be dropping in on that occasionally to see more.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'll, um, I think I'll be continuing for sure. I, I haven't had a lot of time this week, but, um, I like it. It's a weird show.
0: It is a weird show. Not that there's anything wrong with weird. We're both, we, we both like weird. Um, we're also watching Hello Tomorrow on Apple TV+. Plus. How are you feeling about it now that we're a little further into
1: the run? Uh, Yeah, I I like it more. It's starting to get more into the dynamics of uh, the, oh God, of, um, of the character and his son. And where... Jack and Joey. It's starting to get more into the characters of Jack and Joey and the reveal that, you know, that's his son and I'm getting more into it as it goes along. So I felt beginning. I felt like it was a little bit more style over substance, but now I feel like we're getting the substance as the story uh, chugs along. So I'm a happy camper with this show.
0: I'm still not exactly sure what the show wants to be, but it doesn't keep me from watching it. I think it's really cool to look at. And I am also, a, a, I really love Billy Crudup. So I will watch that guy. I just think he's great uh, and very, very watchable. So I'm curious. Also, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but Stephen Falk was one of the showrunners and he did You're the Worst, which is one of my favorite comedies
1: of all time, I think. Mine too. It's one of my all time favorites.
0: Um, Which you can watch on Hulu since it's part of the FX family of shows. Yeah, Uh, Stephen Falk was one of the showrunners, along with the two guys who created the show.
1: It's hard to see any like I I listened to an interview with Stephen Falk on um, TV's top five, the Hollywood Reporters um, podcast. It's hard to see any real through line for me of those of these two shows. They're both very original, uh, very just clever and creative and out of the box shows. So maybe that's the through line. But um, anyway, it's it's not like I I would never in a million years have thought okay this is from the same person that created you are the worst.
0: Yeah, well, Stephen Falk didn't create Hello Tomorrow. It was created by two other people.
1: Got it. So so I wasn't yeah yeah, I
0: wasn't looking for a through line there. But anyway, um, also, can we talk about this week's poker face?
1: Yeah, always. I I I can talk about poker face all day every day.
0: Um first of all, shout out to Natasha Leone, who also directed this week's episode. Um is it called or Was it Orpheus Syndrome? Is that what it's called? Something or if it's Orpheus something. And
1: I can't remember the name, but yeah, something like that.
0: And the amazing guest stars, Cherry Jones and Nick Nolte. And you know, there's not much of Charlie really doing the crime solving. There's less of it, I think, but really who cares? Because it was just great to watch Cherry Jones and Nick Nolte.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I freaking love Cherry Jones. And I love Nick Nolte. Um, and I just cannot get enough of this show. And did we talk about, we, maybe we talked about it last week that this got renewed for a, yes, second, a season second season already. Season. So that makes me very, very happy.
0: Same here. And also, I will always watch things that have Cherry Jones in them. Um, in a related note, I've been re-watching Succession since that's coming back in late March, for its final season. Yeah, yeah.
1: we heard that it's its final season. People final have been speculating season. on that for quite a while.
0: And one of the very best episodes of Succession was called Turnhaven, which Cherry yes. Jones... Was she's, when like the Roy's she's, like the, she's
1: like one of the scions of of another big uh, media
0: family yeah yeah, yeah.
1: and they're all like at the country retreat together
0: oh that that episode
1: rich and fabulous and 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 also horrible yeah
0: it's a work of art yeah um anyway so to see her on poker face you know first of all it's also great to see women like cherry jones and alan barkin women of a certain age as we like to say you know, doing these great roles. Uh, And also, since this episode of Poker Face dealt with, like, special, like, creature feature effects, it also just had a really delightful sort of throwback feeling to it and i really love that the whole show does anyway it has a very retro feel but i love that in this week's episode
1: it's so cool that each week we get immersed in a different little slice of life a little american kind of it's very like americana slice of life and last week it was uh the, the um not drag racing but the
0: um uh, it i mean it was competitive racing
1: La, la, yeah, like last week it was it was like the the dirt racing or whatever this yeah. week. it's, you know, it's just like each week is such a cool um setting
0: because Charlie rambles around. And it's very yeah. um, Americana. I think that Americana. slice of Americana. Yeah. I mean, and then the Ellen Barkin episode, I mean, a small town dinner theater, which. You know how how often do you see that? But that was terrific. So yeah, uh, boy, that might the, be my
1: favorite episode the the Ellen Barkin one. I, I really it's been mine, that mine one so far.
0: It's been mine so far, just because Ellen Barkin is glorious, she and is. literally you could she was enjoying every moment of screen time that she had. Yeah, and it just makes me weird. I hope somebody else will hire her and and have her do more. So because boy, she just. She really still one, she's still got it. And two, she's just, I think she's only gotten better with age. So I'll leave it at that. Um, I also, um, Andy, I'm still watching Shrinking on Apple TV Plus. And this week's episode is titled Imposter Syndrome. And I just have to say, I have I'm pretty much loving every episode of this show because I think there's just great work being done by the entire cast and the writers shout out to everyone in that writer's room. Uh, This is a pivotal episode this week because the wonderful Michael Urie who plays Brian, one of Jimmy's best friends is going to propose to his boyfriend and he asked to have the party at Jimmy's house. That's Jason Siegel's character. To say that this party goes completely awry would be a vast understatement. And it is so wonderful in all of the ways that it disintegrates slowly. Um, Harrison Ford's character, Paul, shows up having eaten some pot edibles given to him by Liz, Krista Miller's character. (laughs) Um, A special shout out also to Ted McGinley, who plays Liz's husband, Derek, and does not have a ton of lines but literally gets a laugh on like most of his lines. There's also a twist between Gabby and Jimmy. Uh, Gabby works with Jimmy uh, in the, uh, in the psychology practice. So uh, boy, oh boy, the show just keeps delivering the show. It like does not, qu- it fires on all of its cylinders. And I also don't find it maudlin I think it could really go the wrong way sentimentally, but it has not become maudlin. But boy, there is some jarring emotional stuff this week. Anyway, shrinking Apple TV. All Plus. right. All
1: right. You're talking me back into giving this show another shot. I think I got to do I, it.
0: I'm trying to. I'm not going to lie. I'm trying. This is part of my not so covert effort to do. Diane, yeah. you know,
1: I listen to you and I and I trust your recommendations and I try to squeeze these in when I have time. Um, I wanted to mention a show which I do not think will be up your alley, so I highly doubt you've looked at it yet. But Throw Red Rose, there. Red Rose on Netflix. It's a British thriller series that just Ooh. aired um, recently on Netflix in the United States. It, it aired in late 2022 in England, um, but it's a it's a horror series set <gasps> in the English countryside in Lancashire, and it's about a group of teenagers who are. Um, Graduating from high school, I believe, and they are all kind of jockeying for social position. And uh, they all start to get this invite to download an app. Uh-oh. And then the app starts telling them to do things, and it is super creepy. And I like scary things, but I've had to turn this one off. At night, and, like, you know, me, I'm like, I usually can just power right through the scary stuff. I know. But it has gone under my skin. And and so I'm kind of like doling it out slowly, but I'm really liking it. So that's Red Rose on Netflix. If you want a little scary delight.
0: I will file that under things I can only watch during the day.
1: Yeah, yeah. watch that in the morning, and see, see what you think. But I it was it's spooky.
0: Um, and for the true crime folks, you know, there's always there's a flood of true crime programs. And I don't know, but I wound up, uh, since it's raining out and I couldn't go outside and have my outdoor time yesterday, I wound up watching some of the Alex Murdaugh trial live, like on CNN yesterday. And it's continuing today. And over on Netflix, there is a documentary, The Murdaugh Murders, A Southern Scandal. I have not watched it yet, full disclosure, because since I'm watching the trial, I'm like, maybe I'll watch that afterwards. Also now streaming on Netflix, some reminders. There's a new season of Outer Banks that just dropped. So that is streaming. I know a lot of folks are fans of that. Um, Andy, I'm also hearing like chatter on social media about this physical 100 competition. And I have not watched it. Have you sampled it at all?
1: No, I don't even know what it is. This is confusing. It's
0: evidently super, super fit people who are in shape doing these like extreme physical challenges And they start with 100 people and narrow it down from there. So, yeah, I have not, I got to check it out. So,
1: what's it on? Netflix. Netflix. Okay, I see. Interesting. Okay.
0: And then I've been watching 1923 over on Paramount Plus, which I feel is kind of hit or miss. I've been watching because it's Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren, but nobody else in the cast. I mean, Timothy Dalton is in it a little bit, but eh, I don't know. Anyway, the season finale drops this Sunday the 26th on Paramount Plus and I guess they've ordered more. So, we'll see. I still haven't heard any updates on all the Yellowstone Michigas with uh, Kevin Costner, So I'm sure they're still talking to his lawyers. Yeah, there's
1: been more of, of, I've seen more um, coming out from kind of industry insiders with the same viewpoint you had, which is that this is really not a nice move for all the people that work on this show and that this has been an ongoing situation where he's been not giving the hours that they have asked him to do. Um, So people are not that happy.
0: Well, it's also like, why did you sign up for it in the first place? If you're going to do this, why did you sign up in the first place? Yeah. Then don't do a TV show. Um, anyway, also March first, The Mandalorian season three is going to premiere on Disney Plus, and behind that mask, everyone's favorite slutty internet daddy, Pedro Pascal.
1: I mean, <laughs> now, now I- that I'm now that I've fallen deeply in love with Pedro Pascal, I may have to go back and start The Mandalorian. Because <laughs> I mean.
0: here's the thing also now whenever i go into tiktok when i go to my fyp it's just pedro 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 all the time and i'm like i'm okay with it i'm honestly okay with it
1: and he's he's flooding my instagram with memes as well
0: he's so delicious and then on march 3rd Andy, we're going to talk about this more next week um grand crew a comedy we both really like on nbc is coming back to start season two and we will have an interview with Phil Augusta Jackson, the showrunner for you next week. Also coming next week, a new prime video series called Daisy Jones and the Six. And if you are a Taylor Jenkins Reid fan and read the book, it was a massive bestseller. a
1: big deal. And that was big amazing. Deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That book was like huge. I have not read it, but it's...
0: it's I love everywhere. Taylor Jenkins Reid because she also okay. wrote The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. She's written a whole bunch of great books. Yeah. I, I just love her. Um, but Riley Keough and Sam Claflin are two of the stars of Daisy Jones and The Six. And Andy, let's just, all I'll say, I'll do a, te- I can only do a tease. I've watched like five of the screeners, the first five episodes. I'm in love with it. Oh, good. And okay. I think it, I think it stems from my love of like almost famous. I'm going to credit Cameron Crowe for me liking yes. this show so much.
1: I definitely thought almost famous like the you like know- I've watched just one episode. I think so. I am not ready to render any judgment yet. And and I, but and I also just love the Sunset Strip history, the music scene yes. from that time period. And you know, it's like our backyard, and we've both like spent a lot of time, you know, at those clubs or at least some time. And uh-huh. um.
0: It's, when I was younger, yes.
1: Yeah, it's fun. It's it's a great uh, it's a great kind of reenactment of of what happened, but not. It's obviously not true to life, but it's it's got some, you know, it's base. It's got some like things that it weaves in that that were actually happening, and then with fictitious characters and things like that. So
0: what's really nice is it's done, I think, with a loving eye toward that era of late sixties, early seventies, and the way it was for a band to come together what it was like to get famous during that time um and just you know I think songs about artists are in, or songs shows about artists are interesting so watching watching Daisy Jones and the Six reminded me of why I like those stories so much and honestly if I could get to Cameron Crowe I would love to like know if If he'll watch it, like, what does he think? I'd be so curious. Anyway, yeah, um, that is going to that premieres March the 3rd. I'm not sure how many episodes they're dropping at first. I don't know if they're dropping all the episodes, Uh, but I'll check in and we'll report back next week. This week, we do have an interview for you because I had a chance to talk with Captain Sandy Yon, better known as. The captain on Below Deck Mediterranean, but she's been captaining this season of Below Deck because Captain Lee had to take a little medical leave. He wasn't feeling well, so he had to take a medical leave. I, Andy, I'm just going to tell you, I know you don't really watch a lot of Below Deck or anything, but Captain Sandy is an incredible woman.
1: I love Captain Sandy. You're right. I don't watch a lot of it, but I, I kind of follow it. And I've listened to a couple other interviews with her and I cannot wait to listen to yours because I, I think she's really cool. And, I, and I'm and i just curious to see what you got out of her.
0: She wrote a book called Be the Calm or Be the Storm. And it's basically about her whole life and about how she came to be the woman she is now. Uh, and what was interesting is talking about the book kind of segwayed naturally into talking about what's been happening on below deck this season you know she's fired a couple people which isn't that unusual but she she is an amazing person and also belated happy birthday captain sandy because her birthday was yesterday the 23rd so send some good wishes her way um but what's also amazing about her is the person she's become and she's overcome so much in her life. So I hope you'll stick around and listen to it because, man, it was just a great chat. I And I can't thank her enough for taking time to do that. Um, Andy, what else have you got?
1: That's all I got this week.
0: OK, OK. Um, Andy and I are going to go back to huddling in our bunkers from the rain
1: literally all i want to do this weekend is watch tv like i feel like i've got so much to catch up on last week i just didn't get enough enough viewing in and all i want to do is be under some blankets with my dog watching tv and and texting you my opinions i was gonna say this
0: is andy this is andy's cue to me that i can now bug him about a bunch of things i want
1: (laughs) this is the time. yes
0: All right, everybody, well, stay safe out there and we'll come back to you next week with more What's the Hook? Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome to What's the Hook? I have a very special guest today, Captain Sandy Yawn from Below Deck Med and this season on Below Deck because she's pinch hitting. For Captain Lee, she came in to save the day. Captain Sandy also has a terrific book out, Be the Calm or Be the Storm, where she talks about her incredible life. And we get a little, a, a little bit of it on Below Deck Med. But Sandy, I, I, I can't believe the obstacles you've overcome. And for those who haven't had a chance to read this fantastic book yet, can you talk a little about that? Yes. First
2: of all, thanks for having me. And uh, secondly, thanks for reading the book. Uh, Yeah, honestly, uh, I wrote the book because the fans asked for it. And I thought it's important for me to put who I used to be in the book and how I transformed my life and got into the world of yachting and the world of leadership. And it's through using the human element. And I think it's important for the readers to see I wasn't perfect. I got kicked out of 11th grade, you know, like I didn't go to college. The maritime industry saved my life and I got sober, that saved my life. Um yeah, so I wanted to add all
0: that in the book and that's what I did. What I thought was really interesting is that it it didn't happen just once. You had sort of a a childhood where you just kept getting in trouble, kept using drugs or drinking, and then literally you started cleaning boats. And just like doing that hard work really seemed to give you a sense of accomplishment and pride. And I look at the woman you are now and what you've been doing for decades in terms of captaining bigger and bigger uh, yachts. I I am a little bit in awe. I'm not going to lie. And also knowing that as a woman, just from the little bit I see on Below Deck Med and Below Deck, the amount of sexism you must have faced and still deal with on the show can you talk a little bit about that you know honestly
2: um I think I didn't really pay attention to that I just put my head down did the work and when I had pushback I didn't take a step back I made a comeback and I just thought no one's gonna block me from my path right uh Sometimes there are detours and I would have to take a left or a right or navigate a certain personality. To me, it's nothing was going to stop me. You will always have those people in life who are going to challenge you, who are going to have opinions of you, who are going to want to bring you down to their level. And I refuse to do that. I always think they don't get to have me. If they're, they're acting like that, I'm not going to respond to that. That then brings me down to their level. So I choose to rise above it, let it go, keep going forward. I don't have time for the people and the attitudes to stop me from moving forward in life. And that's, and I always lead with how, doing the next right thing. And how can I be a better human being in this opportunity? That's what
0: I do. I've also noticed that when you're dealing with crew, you you respond you respond to positivity and you try to reinforce positivity which has come up this season because there you know you see all the social chatter i know you do you are a somewhat online person you have your instagram feed which is very popular you're on i th- i'm sure you see twitter if even if you don't reply but you know just watching the way you deal with your crew and do you have any feelings about giving feedback privately or doing it in front of other crew members? How do you feel about that? How do you make those Audit. judgments?
2: So um, try privately, honestly. The show is a little different. Of you course. Know, it's a TV show. So <laughs> you want to help be a part of that success. And sometimes it's in front of people. And my career was always private in okay. the moments where it's not let's use the Fraser moment. Okay. Like I'm a human being keep, you keep it like poking the bear, the bear is going to come back. And the reality is is like the lack of respect is, ugh. I can't believe the lack of respect they have for the position. And they think that they're above the rules—it blows my mind. And it's because the cameras on them; they don't think they could be fired. Uh-huh. And the reality is, is they can. I can fire them. I don't hire them, but I can fire them. And I think because I don't hire them, they think that their job is secure, and they can be how they want to be. And that's not the case.
0: Do you find a difference between managing staff that are in their twenties versus staff that are in their thirties, just from a maturity level? Of course,
2: and, you know. The older you get, the wiser you get. Hopefully. You've had yeah, hopefully. And they're all young, so and that's why I'm not affected by what they're writing. It's like when they grow up and they get older, they're going to look back and go, "I was pretty vile." Maybe they don't want to be that human being anymore. I don't know. I think when you're spewing hate, you're going to get that back. If you spew positivity and you get that back, right? So I'm a big. There's so many. You get so what many you more. Get. Yes, yes. And I don't want to tear anyone's spirit down or soul down. Like, I don't know. I've lived life. I've had a great life, and I just don't engage with the negativity. It's not worth it. I had cancer. I've been hit by a car. I've had a heart attack. It's like, please, I don't yeah. got time for that negativity.
0: When people say they've done it all, they don't know you, Sandy. They really don't know you because you've done it all. Yeah. And I know just having been in the industry for so long and then going on TV and portraying it. I also just because I've been watching Below Deck and Below Deck Med for years and I watch them all, frankly, I love them. they the attitude toward you is just so much harder and so much. Tougher. From the women. I,
2: exactly the women. I'm, it's mind-boggling. I don't get it. That's how they feel about themselves. That's honestly, I think that when people, not in the corporate world, these leaders, these CEOs, the women CEOs aren't doing that to me. In fact, they're sending me messages going, Oh my gosh, like I don't know how you do it. Like great job, great management. That's the the women who are in professional roles that lead teams. It's the women who don't. And it's sad because it's like they want to take you down because maybe they don't know how to stand up for themselves. I don't know. It's not my job to figure out why. No, it's no, no, my job right. to keep to keep doing the next right thing. and
0: Just as you someone know. who has worked in television for a long time, there's also a toxic element to fandom these days. And I see a lot of it in this case. And I, it's something I really don't like. It's worse because of social media, because people can just vent all of their trashy feelings and mean feelings, you know, from behind their computer. And honestly, I don't think people would do that if they are confronted face to face with someone. You know what I learned from Kate Chastain?
2: Tell me. Block, delete, block, delete, block, delete. That's what I do. And the sum, when the fans come back, I leave those up. (laughs) When When the people go, why are you following her page then? What, you know, like if you hate her so much, why? Like, I love that the the people stick up for me. Those I leave up because I figure, hey, let them have it. Like, but the ones that are just attacking my character, hey, if they have a legitimate like question, like the why did I, could I have, would I have thought of doing something a different way? I'll answer that. But don't, when you come spewing that hate and vile, Right, I have no time for that. I,
0: I salute you for that. I have to ask um, Ross, the bosun on this season's below deck. Were you aware of his admitted sex addiction or alcoholism? Just because, not at all. Oh wow, wow! I had
2: no idea. No, No idea. I'm stunned. When I watched the show, that's when I learned about his behavior. I was like blown away because on deck he's not. He doesn't act like that at all.
0: Well, no, he's not drunk when he when he's on deck working. That in front of me he's like, "Wow, impressive."
2: But watching the show I'm like, "Oh."
0: Also because ha- from having watched past seasons, you know, when Travis, a deckhand who was having problem with problems with alcohol, you were very kind and compassionate with Travis. And and it wasn't just Travis get it together, it was, "Hey, you need to get some help. What can I do? Is there anything I can do to help? So I know you have great compassion for people battling, you know, with alcohol or other addictions.
2: Absolutely. But I wasn't aware of Ross's Travis. I smelled it on him and I, you know, wow. it was obvious to that's me and that's why I addressed it. But he's a, and Travis was an excellent, excellent, he, He should have been the bosun. He had more experience.
0: Wow. Like on that season. I know that he was incredibly hardworking and it was just, and and he admitted he was, he was homesick. He hadn't been home. It was, it was very interesting, but I think it's very, I think your compassion is one of your great leadership abilities. Thank you. I was wondering over the years, how has your management style changed? I just got this question. Oh, I'm more
2: patient. No, it's great. Well, no, not from you, someone else. I love the question. And then I've become more calm. I've learned to pause. Um, I've learned to sleep on things, restrain a pen and tongue. I've practiced that more. I wasn't always so calm. It comes with age and experience. It's like you don't learn, it's a learning, isn't it? It's a learning of what works sure. and what doesn't work. And I've lost it before on my. Chief, my chief officer, I'll never forget. I had a bad phone call. I walk out, I bit his head off. And he just looked at me like this sad little puppy. When I saw his eyes, I thought, you didn't deserve that. I am so sorry. And I made, I promptly made amends because he, he didn't do anything wrong. I bit his head off. I took what, I just had this conversation that didn't go well, probably with the owner. Or I come out, took it out on my first officer. And I go, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to make them, look upset I want them to smile when I talk to them and be encouraged and influenced in a way where it takes them to the next level I never want to be the person that brings them down ever are there
0: things now forgive, forgive the way I'm phrasing this are there things now that you just give less of a shit about than you did years ago I think when you turn 50
2: it's the twitter it's the i don't care i don't care what they think of me they think i do i have no and you know something that comes with age they They don't don't pay my bills they you know they don't know what i've gone through i've survived cancer i've survived a fatal potentially fatal motorcycle crash i survived a heart attack i'm not gonna let those people take me down
0: Sandy, you survived pirates. Pirates. That's by the way. If you there's so many reasons to buy the book, but the pirate story, I'm sorry. You had you had me at pirates.
2: Yeah. (laughs) But you know, in those moments, I'm not so like when you watch me, the inside of my body isn't calm, like my outside of my body. Like I have tension and Yes, my demeanor is one of calm because I want to emulate what I want my crew to be. Even though inside I'm sometimes tormented with what's going on. I always said, I will always shoulder the bad news. And then if it's meant for their ears, then I will share it. But that's why I'm the captain. I shoulder that and I protect my crew from the bad news in the charter world when you're working for an owner the budget's cut or, you know, something's happening. You're just like, okay, I can shoulder that. And my job is to make sure that they stay positive. They're excited about their job. They remain teachable and they want to learn. And over here as a captain, that's the responsibility side when you got all these requirements and that's the, the layer that a captain has where it doesn't affect the crew. And I think about what, what makes an effective captain is if you you sheltered the crew from that. Disseminate information as needed. Absolutely. And I always said, I will always give that light at the end of the tunnel. When I know information about a charter, they're going to have it immediately. I'll call a meeting. I'll write it on the board. Right. I will not hold it until later. They're, they want to know. It's the other stuff that I shoulder. The bad stuff. I was also The hard wondering- stuff.
0: What was it like for you this season, you know, to come in and, you know, replace Captain Lee for a lot of the season? Usually, you know, Below Deck Med, that is the Captain Sandy show. That is, you know, that is your set. That is your domain. What did it feel like to sort of come in? Was it odd or did it just feel like you're basically stepping into the same sort of boat shoes, should I to say?
2: No. It was hard. It was Valentine's Day and I had to look at Leah Aww. and say, I'm, our plans are changing. She said, go. Aww. But I was told two weeks. It ended up a lot longer than two weeks. And then I actually booked my own flight home. I go, I got to go. <laughs> I have a relationship I want to keep.
0: Oh, you know, like. That's a beautiful thing. And that's, yes. that's, I love hearing that that's a big priority for you as well. Absolutely. Yes. So I I was wondering, because I, I kind of thought about you and I thought, one, because the fan reaction, of course, was so asinine, but yeah. also because as I've watched Captain Lee over the years, I'm like, I feel as if Captain Lee might need to retire. He might need to, you know, and I feel bad that he had to take a break for health reasons because I think uh, everybody should just get to take a break because they should have some time off. I And I also think
2: sometimes you just have to, concede, right? So, just I don't know. If I was going through all that, I would want quality of life, not television. I just we have you just think what's more important? I would want to spend time with my man, I'd be on a beach. You know, like chilling. I don't know. Not dealing with Twitter. Um do you get downtime? do you get relaxation time these days? I do. I do. I haven't since the book launched, but my birthday is the 23rd. So Leah flies here tomorrow. We head to Miami. Oh my goodness. Into a hotel. We're just going to, I go, I don't want to drive. I want to ride bicycles everywhere. We're going to do water sports. We're going out on my friend's boat. We're having a barbecue. It's going to be
0: fun. Oh, an early happy birthday! I hope you just have a wonderful time. Well, it's actually going to be on my birthday, the twenty third. Perfect. This month, yes. That's so. In two days. In that's two days. Perfect.
2: Oh, Hey, and by the way, eight years ago today, I was hit by the car, and that's when they discovered kidney cancer. I saw that photo on Instagram,
0: and once again, that's again when I was like, "How is this woman alive and thriving?" And yes, working. and it all works. Like I can move. <laughs> the first thought when I was on the
2: pavement, can I move? Oh my God. As I was laying there
0: internally bleeding. I, can I move. Say, As a nervous Jew with fear issues, it's just so many of my worst nightmares all, in, all rolled into one, but I'm so elated. I'm just so elated to see you healthy and well and, and doing well. And I, that's why I was so excited to talk to you And also, when I read more in the book, I was just absolutely floored. Um, I was wondering, um, at BravoCon, did you get to meet Captain Carey from uh, Below Deck Adventure? Love Captain Carey. Have
2: he showed up for me on the charity level? Like, he's such a great captain. Like, I, I really respect him. He's a great guy. Because I've been awesome. watching
0: Adventure, and I think it's sort of finding its way in terms of the show it wants to be. But I have to admit, the scenery was so breathtaking, and that's the reason I love Med. And because yeah. you know, how I, right now I can't go to those places, but oh, it's just so beautiful to see them. It up. is beautiful, absolutely. So, I, so oh, I'm glad you got to interact with him because since he'll be yes. stepping up a bit more and doing more in the franchise. Yes. Um, well, I was going to ask you about life as a reality star and a social media star, but I feel like you've handled that very well already. Um, what do you consider your biggest obstacles now as, as someone who is in management?
2: Finding the balance of physical, taking care of myself physically, mentally, and spiritually. It's finding that balance. Like in it all. As far as managing, I, I am, and I don't know, I know how to do it because I just treat people how I want to be treated. Like there's, that's the magic, right? And always keeping my eye on the ultimate goal. I don't feel like I have obstacles there. It's just life in managing. I think it's for me personally to rest watch less TV, maybe read more, like these things I want to do, um, exercise more, things like that, like more personal than professional. Because professionally, I have a good career, I, I just have to show up and do the next right thing. And I think it's more for me
0: personally. It seems like you've seen a lot of management issues that are going to arise over, over the many decades that you've worked now. And so how much of the year do you spend on boats now? I realize it's a little different because of the book. I was on a boat. I was on a boat at the boat show, you know, like I was,
2: I worked the whole boat show, um, chartering. I just do the met the med because I can't, you can't work for someone and say, by the way, I'm leaving because as your captain, you're approved by insurance companies. It's a very different Right. Very different. But deliveries, definitely deliveries, but not really charters. Oh, I see. OK, very interesting.
0: And then. um What else is left on, on your list of things to do just tending to, you know, your relationship with Leah? Any anything else besides that?
2: No, you know, we launched. Uh, I got this uh, charity. I do a lot of public speaking, which I love uh what's the corporate so captain sandy's charities which i have a fundraiser at the palm beach boat show on march 23rd at ribovich and safe harbor marinas and you know it's about raising money for a high school program to get it into schools across the country uh to teach kids about the maritime industry so they have an option if they're not college bound you know maybe they want to work in the maritime industry um and if you don't complete high school, you could still get into the maritime industry. It's not a requirement to have a high school degree uh, or a college degree, which is really great because I got kicked out of 11th grade and that, and, um, just, you know, enjoying life, building a house, uh, great. hopefully I'll get a boat next and travel up the East coast, but yeah, just working. Cause I have to work and. Enjoying life, but finding that balance for me is really what I'm working on now. That can be tough.
0: Balance is very, very tough. Um, yes. do, do you think that the industry is getting friendlier towards people of color? And do you? How do you? Where do you feel the sexism issue is? Right. I, now? I think Bravo is make, making that change
2: for us. I think it's awesome. Uh, you know. So like, keep your eyes open because it's happening. And our industry is embracing it. You know, it's so interesting. Um, It's evolved. We all evolved together. We're forever evolving. And as long as people are open and willing to evolve, which my industry is, Bravo is, and they're making it happen, which I, that's what I love about this network. They're diverse. They are diverse. They definitely are. I love it. It's such a great fit.
0: And when, when they have had problems in the past, they actually work to resolve them and to address the issues, which I think is really admirable. Yes, absolutely. So, well, Sandy, this has just been amazing. I'm so happy we got some time to talk. Again, the book is Be the Calm or Be the Storm. And everyone wish Captain Sandy a happy birthday on February 23rd. Um, Sandy, a million thanks. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, thanks for having
2: me. Okay, great. Okay, bye. Thank you.